Je luistert naar een boodschap van C3 Church Amsterdam en Almere. Wij zijn een kerk van geloof, hoop en liefde. Voor meer informatie over onze kerk kun je terecht op onze website c3amsterdam.nl of c3almere.nl Wij geloven dat deze boodschap jou vandaag zal bemoedigen, inspireren en bekrachtigen. Um. Yeah, Father's Day. I want to, that's what I want to do. I want to talk to you about fatherhood, spiritual fatherhood, this, um, this morning, no, not morning, this noon. And I want to just share you a little about what, what Paul had to say about on, the, on that topic, spiritual fatherhood. And I just want to challenge the man of this church. So if you're a man, um, I, I just want to challenge you to become fathers. You know, to step up, to become fathers. So, ladies, when you're sitting next to a, to a guy, to a man, or to a guy you hope you, you will be married to someday, just look at them and tell them, that message is for you. And then start praying for them. And uh, just, uh, that's, that's where all the Mexicans are. You know, they're all at home, praying and fasting. Um, just pray, pray, for, pray for the guys around you. Um, and let's open up our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, the verses 14 to 17. Paul says, I do not write these things to make you ashamed, hallelujah, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides, so the King James says, thousands, ten, tens of 10,000 instructors or 10,000 schoolmasters in Christ, you do not have many fathers. So the title of this message is, Not Many Fathers. So Paul was saying, you have many instructors, you have many schoolmasters, you have many countless guides, but you don't have any fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. This is why I sent you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere and in every church. So it seems to be a very dear topic to Paul, which he was preaching everywhere and in every church. Just imagine that. Just, just preaching that on, 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 on spiritual fatherhood, um, every, everywhere he went. And I just want to want to talk to you about that. Let's just take a moment in prayer. And then um, I just want to share you whatever God has put on my heart about that topic. Jesus, thank you for this great church. Thank you for the, for the pastors, for the leadership of this church. And thank you, Father, for everything you're doing in and through this place. God, we bless this wonderful city of Amsterdam. God, we thank you for all the good things that, that you have planned and that are ahead for this church, Father. Thank you for them, that they, that they are such a great voice even in this nation and in this continent. And I pray, Father, that you just increase their influence and favor and blessings on them. And thank you even that you're today with the Germans playing the Mexicans. And thank you that, we'll, that, that steel is better than nachos and burritos and um and that that we will win the world cup even father in jesus name amen amen 
I have no doubt about that. I saw Argentina playing yesterday, so I have no, 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 no doubt that we will win. Um, oh, some, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Um, so I just, um, does, does anyone here remember the day you get your first cell phone? Anyone? Yeah, your Nokia 3210 or something. I don't know. Uh, whatever Nokia or Siemens or whatever cell phone it was. Um, you, I, I don't know. Back, back then, you know, they, they were as big as a brick, you know. And maybe if, if it was a business cell phone or something you had in your car, it was way in the back of your trunk. You had to go around your car, pick it up. You know, you only used it for emergency calls because the calls were so expensive. And um, you, you guys remember that time? And, you know, nowadays everybody has a cell phone. I mean... Everybody, every, every kid almost feels like has a cell phone. And, and, and the way, you know, the digital age, you know, changed the way we communicate and the way we interact with each other so much. So there's so, so many, so many social platforms out there, you know, tw uh, Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook. And the, th the, the funny thing about a, a, a social media profile is that it gives you a platform You just stand on when you register. You register a minute, you, you, they give you a platform. You haven't earned that platform. You haven't, you haven't even paid anything for it. You just have it. And on that platform, you can just share your opinions with the world. You know? Um, you just, whatever comes, crosses your mind, whatever, whatever your thoughts are, whatever you want to tell the world. Um, so there's, there's always an opinion about anything, something, or someone. People just share them. People just share their opinions with the world. And some, some share their opinions more than others. I get that. Um, but also, many do it anonymously. You know? You don't even know. You know, they, they even have fake profiles. You know? I, I'm talking about others, you know, not us, but, you know, people, people out there, you know? And they just, they just get it out there. And, um, I, I have nothing against, you know, Nothing against social media. I love it. I, I have Instagram. I tweet. You know, I not not tweet that much, but um, I I do I do Insta and all that, and I love it. Um, but you know, not, we, we shouldn't share every opinion, right? Um, that we have. So, um, for instance, you have men who haven't been to to the gym for 30 years, and they can tell you exactly why Aryan Robin can cross the ball probably, right? Um, or you have. You have men that have never executed any leadership at all in their lives except of t taking their dog for a walk can tell you exactly how um, the government should lead our country or, or the chancellor or whoever. So there are so many opinions out there. I think we all should have opinions, but we should not share every opinion we have with the world out there. Is that right? So... <laughs> um, Everybody has opinion nowadays, and it's important. But there's so many people who just always know everything better. There's so many people who just know exactly what is going wrong, and they always have a solution. I mean, at, at least they think they have a solution. And and Paul's heart in writing that passive passage we just read is that everyone has an opinion, and we have many instructors, we have many schoolmasters who point fingers eager to correct others from afar, but what the church needs are true spiritual fathers. She says instructors are people who just have opinions. You know, they have opinions and they know what's right, they know what's wrong, they know what you should do and what you shouldn't do. But 
Paul is, is, is telling the church, hey, what you need are true spiritual fathers, those who care enough to come alongside the inexperienced and help them to, to, and help them build them up, do the messy work, you know, of, of building others up, encouraging them and coming alongside of them. So he says, we do not need more instructors telling us what is not working, but we need role models and we need examples who live it up, who live it out, who live it out. And, 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 and we need fathers. So Paul writes this letter to the church in Corinth, a church he started himself, not as just a teacher or as some apostle, but really out of a spirit of fatherhood. He just loved the people in Corinth. He loved that church and he was so concerned with them because he was looking at the church and he was saying, hey, you guys have so many instructors. You know, you have, you have so many schoolmasters, but what you, what you need are more fathers. The difference between a father and an instructor is a father will show you how to live. An instructor will tell you what to do. You, know, you might have an instructor at a company who just tells you how to use a certain machine. Or how to do this and that. But a father, he just, he, he, he shows you, he takes you alongside and he shows you how to live. An instructor just points the way, but a father walks on the way with his children. And I just love the idea of, of, of me and, and, and of you being a father in this house. Paul writes this letter as a father. He was a father. He, the Bible says he had three sons. Three spiritual sons. One of them was Timothy, one was Titus, and one was Onesimus. And, and all, all of his spiritual sons, he just, you always feel the love he had for them. You always felt like his heart was with them. And, um, and I think it's not just the church thing, you know, that we talk about fatherhood, spiritual fatherhood, but it's also a thing for our whole society. Um, no, no doubt we need more fathers in our society. Millions of kids in, in the European Union are growing up, you know, without a father. You might be here, you, you might have been grown up without, without a father, but many, many people now, experts are talking about a fatherless generation, just like a generation we had after World War II, you know, a generation without fathers. Um, and they say it will have a great, great impact on all of us. Um, on the way the government works, and it has a great impact on the church. You know, if, if, if you don't have a father, I mean, many, many kids don't have a father. I mean, physically, he's, he's absent, or emotionally, he's absent, but there's a deep wound and a deep lack in their lives of a, of a father voice in their lives. And, and we can, as a church, you know, you, we can be sad about that, and we can, we can put our hand in the sand and say, oh, nothing is going on, and, and how can we solve that problem? Or we can stand up as a church and say, we be the solution to that problem. You know, we stand up, the men in our church, we stand up, we'll be fathers to a fatherless generation. And we, and, and we just treat the children in our church and the children God, and the, and the spiritual sons and daughters God has surrounded us with, um, with the love the Father has given us in our hearts and, and how He changed us and, um, so we want to, we want to, you know, we want to be that kind of church. We want to be that kind of church with that fatherly spirit, with that apostolic spirit in it, you know. Um, 
when you, you know, you know, we, 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 we as a church, you know, when, when, I just want to talk to you men right now. We just um, can't afford just you coming to church, you know, listening to a sermon, doing some worship, and then go back to your car and drive home. Let me tell you something. I know that from the, from the, from, from the bottom of the heart, I know that's the, that's the spirit your leadership has. That's the spirit Pastor Steve has. Hey, we need fathers who actually care about the people who are in this house. You know, um, we, we, need, we need fathers who take responsibility and say, I'm a, I want to be a dad. I want to be a father in this house. And I want to take care of the children that are here. There's a Jewish saying that goes like this, like father, like son. You know that? Have you heard about, have you heard that before? Like father, like son? It's so, it's so, it's so funny because it's so true. I mean, um, in, in the Jewish society, it was expected of the son to have the same profession as the dad had. So we see that, for instance, in the life of Jesus. Jesus was a carpenter because his father Joseph was a carpenter. So his father Joseph was taking Jesus alongside. He was taking him with him to work. He was just, Jesus was just seeing the love that Joseph had towards, I don't know, towards timber and woods and, and, and just crafting stuff. And, and Jesus was just, just fascinated by that. And so he became a carpenter just like his father. But it wasn't just on a professional side, but also in the home. You know, the father was responsible for the atmosphere and the culture and the values of the house. Whatever was going on in the home, the father was just setting, setting the tone. He was just in charge. He was responsible for whatever was going on at home. So, so in the, in the, the, the thinking of the Bible is that the whole house, the whole home was built around the father. And, and you know, what is, what is, you know, the same thing that's true for the home is true for the church. So you, as a man, entering this church, coming here, worshiping God, being part of a small group, um, you, you set the tone as well. You know, you're responsible for the atmosphere and for the culture. You know, it's not, it's not Pastor Steve's or Pastor Lisby's or the leadership's job to set the culture in this house, but it's you, man. You're here, you know, and you, um, you decide, you know, just right, right when you come in here, you decide, okay, what kind of, what kind of church do I want to build? What kind of church do we want to have? And then you as a man, you start stepping up and say, man, I'm a father. I'm, I'm not just someone who walks into church and experiences a church service. No, I'm actively creating culture by exemplifying it in me like in in the way i i am in the way i behave in the way i talk in the way i think and um so we 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 don't just need fathers at home we need fathers in this church so i want to just encourage you this morning um because isn't it true that i mean we preachers we love to preach you know we love to preach i mean uh, I, I love to preach. I, I just love to preach. But when I, when I would ask you, what are the, the, your top five sermons that have changed your life forever? Just write them down. I'm not sure if you could give me five sermons um, that you remember that changed your life. I, I can't even tell you the last five sermons I've preached. You know? And I preached them, you know? Um, 
So, but, but if I would ask you, who are five people in your life who really make, made a difference in your life? It's way easier. Um, because, because that's the way God designed us. He, he knows that life change always happens in relationships. So it's sometimes easier to preach than to live. You know, to, to live it out. And, and so God just, what God wants, what God wants in this church is for, for younger guys and, and for, 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 you know, for, for, for younger men and to, to look to older and just see and just have that while looking at them and while having a relationship with them, that sense of, hey, when I'm growing up, I want to be just like him. No, he's so full of love for Jesus. He's so full of love for, for just, for just people. I just love him. And I, if I, if, when I'm older, I want to be just like him. And you know, we need these kinds of men. We need these kinds of women in that church. We need these kinds of couples, you know, younger couples look at, and I'm like, man, I'm 30 years. I want to have that kind of marriage, you know, how he loves his wife and how he loves his children and the way he treats her and loves her and honors her and respects her. I just want to be like that. Can you put your hand on my head and pray for me because I want to be just like you? Can you give me just, can you help our marriage to become like the marriage you guys have? You know, these kinds of conversations, they, they need to happen more often. And, um, and I, want to, I want to be a spiritual father. And I want to, want to help you right now just to give you three things about, about what it means to be a spiritual father and what it means to be a spiritual mother. Um, how, how can I be a spiritual father? What, what does it mean? Well, the first thing Paul says in verse 14, I do not write these, th these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. So the first thing is, Spiritual fathers speak the truth in love. So cool that Paul says, I do not write this to shame you. I just, I just, you know, that's what instructors do. They just want to be right. <laughs> they just want to win an argument. They don't care about you. They just care about themselves. But Paul says, hey, I warn you. And that's what a good dad, good dad does. He warns you, you know, he and he corrects you, and he, he rebukes you, but he does it with love. He, he was warning others, but he wasn't shaming them. And, you know, he said, um, Paul said, speak the truth in love. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, hey, speak the truth in love. Come on, speak the truth in love. It's so important, isn't it? Because instructors, instructors, they are so good in speaking truth. But with no love. <laughs> and Paul says, hey, as a spiritual father, when you speak truth, do it in love. Do it in love. Do it out of a heart that is really for the children. That is not just about you, but about them. And, um, and I think it's so important for us. Because truth is so important. It's so important to speak truth. And, but it's also so important to even more important to speak the truth in love. It's not just about what you say, but how you say it. So, in this auditorium, we have electricity coming in. You know, that's why we have these great lights. That's why we have um, 
amplification of sound, you know, all the, all the electricity coming in this auditorium, they, they are coming through wires. And, and these wires that bring electricity, did you know that they are insulated? Praise God for insulation. Um, if you take the insulation of those wires, the electricity that comes through the wires can be very harmful and kill people. I don't know if you've ever touched that, but your hair will look differently after touching that thing and you don't want to do it. So, um, it's, it's so, it's, it's, that, that is what truth is like. You know, the truth is not a baseball hat, a baseball bat that you hit people over the head with. But when you speak the truth, it needs to be insulated in love. Otherwise, truth can hurt you. Truth can even kill relationships. Truth can kill. Truth may be true, but it can hurt. That's why Jesus was full of truth and grace. He spoke the grace truthfully, but he spoke the truth gracefully. We need to be both. We need to be full of truth and, true, and, and, and full of grace at the same time. So instructors, what they do is they just tell you the truth. They just tell you the truth of how, how, how you look like, what you're saying, and, and everything they don't like about you. That doesn't, that doesn't help anyone. Might, might be the truth, but it's not truth in love. It's not in Christ. And, and I want to I be, be a father that speaks the truth in love. Paul was that kind of guy. And I want to be like that. Romans 8 verse 1 says, Now there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. You know, you know that there's no... Come on, is anybody thankful that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ? In Christ? You know, you are in Christ. You're not just in Holland. You're in Christ, okay? You're in Christ. And in Christ, there's no condemnation. God has never used condemnation to bring about change in your heart never ever he, he doesn't use it he doesn't shame you because he know it's not sustainable it doesn't work the law doesn't work he knows that he know he knows that only a relationship a love relationship that's what he wants he wants a love relationship with you and he doesn't he doesn't condemn you because it's not the heart of the father the 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 heart of a father is not to condemn his children. He warns them, he trains them, but his heart is to protect them. His heart is to, to see them raised and trained. And, um, and, and we as spiritual fathers, we need to speak the truth in love. You know, and it's so hard to do that. You know, isn't it? Isn't it sometimes hard to speak the truth in love? I mean, am I the only one who thinks it's kind of hard? No, because sometimes, you know, it's just, uh, it's just truth. You know? Um, that's why we need the help of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Without the Holy Spirit, we, we can do nothing. Um, apart from Christ, we can do nothing. You know? So we, we need the Holy Spirit to help us say and speak the truth in love. The second thing a father does is um, a father, a spiritual father, lives out the gospel. Paul says in verse 15, For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. 
Paul said, you become a father through the gospel. Through the gospel. Spiritual fathers are men who applied the gospel to their own hearts. You know, Paul was preaching the gospel. He was going from city to city, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And people were convicted and people gave their life to Jesus. And there were, among these people, there were men and guys among them. And he, he took them out and he said, okay, I, you, you be my spiritual sons and I will train you in the ways of Christ. I will disciple you and I will, I will just show you how to live with the Holy Spirit. And, and that's what, what's so fascinating about this because he, he really did it. He wasn't just preaching the gospel and leaving the city. But he was all about, I want, I want to have sons. I want to have fruit in my life. And you know, when, when Paul preached the gospel, it wasn't just him preaching, but you can sense that he, he himself, he was really touched and crushed and just filled with the gospel, with a love for the gospel. You know, sometimes I have just that feeling and that we think the gospel is just something for the beginners of the faith. You know, when you give a life to Jesus, you need a little gospel at the beginning, you know, with all the, the blood and the cross and all that, you know. But then, you know, when, as you grow older in the faith, you know, you need more deep stuff, you know, more German black bread, you know, just uh, deep, deep theology, you know. And, um, yeah, but, but, you know, that's not the truth. It doesn't go any deeper than the cross and the blood. <laughs> you know, we, the, the gospel is not the ABC of Christianity. It's the A to Z is all we need, actually. We never, it never grow, you know, it never gets old. The gospel never gets old. We need to live by the gospel. We need to, it's, it's our daily bread, you know. I, I love people who, who are in the faith for years. And when you talk to them, you just feel like they just have been saved. You know, they just, the way, they, they're so excited about Jesus. They have such a passion for the lost. They have such a passion about what Jesus did for them on the cross. They're so moved by the gospel. And you know, spiritual fathers, before they preach the gospel to others, they are crushed and moved by the gospel themselves. That's why Paul said, among all the sinners, I'm the first. I, you know, I, I know what Jesus has saved me from. I was... You know, heading in the wrong direction. I was persecuting Christians. I was living in the darkness, but he got me out there. He, he saved me. He saved me from my wretched and, and sinful lifestyle. So spiritual fathers know that they are not perfect. You know, and that even helps you to speak the truth in love. Because when you know that you're not perfect... It gives you compassion with the faults of others. You know, because, you know, we all have problems. Isn't that true? We all have problems. And if you, if you don't think that you have a problem, that's your problem. We all have problems. We all have issues, you know. And, and spiritual fathers know that. When I have a spiritual son, I'm full of grace. Because I know I need help too. <laughs> I know I need forgiveness too. I know I need the blood every day too. It's not just something I preach. You know, it's something I'm deeply moved by myself. So spiritual fathers, they live out the gospel. 
the gospel is just seen in the way they talk, they live. And, and I want to I be touched by the gospel. And, and the third thing is, spiritual fathers are role models. So they speak the truth in love. They don't condemn. That's what, that's what spiritual fathers do. Speaking the truth in love. Then they lift out the gospel. And the third thing is, they are role models. Verse 16, I urge you then, be imitators of me. Isn't that cool? You write a letter, be imitators of me. Imagine, billions of people read that. Could you write a letter to someone you know and say, be imitators of me, period? Just think through that. It's pretty, it's pretty tough, isn't it? It's pretty honest. I mean, is your life worth of imitating? So if everybody would be like you, would the world be a better place? I mean, um, Paul's just bold, man. This is be imitators of me. He doesn't even say be imitators of Christ. He says be imitators of me. Just look at my life. This is why I send Timothy to you, my beloved and faithful child. It's amazing how often, how often he says beloved. My beloved. You are beloved too. Beloved child in the Lord. To remind you and out of my ways in Christ. Of my ways in Christ. He knew who he was in Christ. As I teach them everywhere and in every church. So spiritual fathers are role models. They know that they, they, they are being watched. They know that there are some eyes out there on them. Did you know that when you come to church, you don't just come to church and just do your own thing. But people are watching you. The, the youth is watching you. Others are watching you. People who come here for the very first time, you know, they are way more impressed about what is going on in the pews than what is going on on the platform. <laughs> you can have a great worship. You can have a great preaching. But when everybody looks very bored, they're like, man, I'm not coming back to this church again. So, you know... Paul, Paul, Paul says, so you need to be very careful. And you need role models. Everybody in this room needs role models. I mean, I loved, I loved how, how you shared about Phil Pringle. I mean, he's a great role model. I mean, someone to look up to. But we all need that. So you need to choose wisely in your life. What voice do you allow into your heart? Who do you look up to? Who are the role models of your life? What, you know, there are so many voices trying to guide you and trying to lead your life. Did you know that? There are so many people out there who have plans for your life. The commercial has a plan for your life. Burger King has a plan for your life. Hollywood has a plan for your life. Your parents have a plan for your life. Your professor in, at, at, at the college has a plan for your life. The devil has a plan for your life. But there's one voice among all the other voices. It's a small and gentle voice, but it's a powerful voice. That's the voice of the Holy Spirit. He has a great plan for your life. And we need to, we need to learn to listen to that small, still voice. 
and, and, and ask for wisdom. God, help me hear that voice. And beside the voice of the Holy Spirit, you need spiritual fathers and mothers whom you allow to talk into your life. We just need them. And you know, you can be such a voice. You can be such a voice for others. I think you are way better than you think you are. I think God, God, God is calling you out today to step up, to become a father and become a mother. God is, God is calling people out today. You don't, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have like, you know, um, some of you are sitting here and, and, and you might be like, I never had a father myself, never had a mother myself. Or you look at your father and you look at your mother and you're just, I don't know, maybe disappointed. But, 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 but God is saying, um, I, I make you a great father. I make you a great, a great mother. Because there's something that God does in you. All it needs is a heart that is open and willing to partner with God. And say, God, if you want to do that with me, God, if you want me as a man to step up to become a father, God, here I am. Use me. Give me sons. Give me daughters. God, give me more influence. God, I want to speak the truth in love. God, I want to live the gospel. And God, I want to be a great role model. I know I, know I don't have all my eggs together, but Lord, I'm working on it. Holy Spirit, thank you that you use me. And I think if you have that heart, everything is possible. And God is just doing that in people today who feel like they, want, they need to step up. This church needs more fathers. My church in Nuremberg, we need more fathers as well. We have enough people who have opinions about everything who tell you what's wrong and what's right, who speak the truth, but we need more fathers who speak the truth in love and come alongside others and help them grow in Christ. So you can be the one God is calling you today. Let's just all close, close our eyes. And I want to call out these men you know, I'm 34, and, and I'm, you know, I, I always felt like I'm, I'm more like a Timothy, you know, looking for a spiritual father. But over the last years, you know, the Lord has been putting that into my heart and saying, no, you're not a Timothy anymore, you're a spiritual father. And, and the same, the same I want to I wanna declare over you. You are a spiritual father. You have so much to give. And if you're here today and you feel like God has been calling you, the Holy Spirit has been working in you while I wasn't even preaching, and you feel like it's time for you to step up, I want to ask all the men in this auditorium, if you feel like it's time to step up, 
I want to be a spiritual father. I want to be like that. I want to be like Paul. And some of you are already living that. But when you say, well, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I want to be a spiritual father in this house, in this church. And I want to step up. I'll just ask you to stand up right where you sit. And just be bold enough to say, yes, here I am. God, I want to be a father. It's not, it's may, may not be for everybody here. It's just something between you and God. And if you feel like, I want to be a spiritual father, maybe just stand up. Just stand up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, come on, let's pray. Everybody who's sitting, just, just bless the, the, the man standing around you. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for all the men standing right now, Father. Father, and I pray that you pour out your spirit of fatherhood and, and an apostolic spirit over them, Father. I pray right now that you fill them with your Holy Spirit. God, may this be a new season in their lives. May this be a new day, Father. That they come, Father, with new boldness into their spirit, Father. I declare every condemnation and every fear to leave them in Jesus' name. And Father, I, I declare over them that they will be spiritual fathers in this house. That you will use them mightily in your name. We just bless them, Father, each one of them in Jesus' name. Father, pull your favor on them. Open up doors. No man can shut. In Jesus' mighty name, Father. Use them, use them, use them. Touch their hearts, Father. Touch their hearts, Father. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You may be seated. Thank you. I just want to remain in that attitude of prayer and and ask some people in here, you might be here for the very first time. Or you, it's not your first time here in church, but today you, you heard about Jesus. And I want to ask you now to, to give your life to Jesus. I want to invite you to surrender your life to Christ. And you know, when I, when I did that in my life, my, my life changed. <laughs> and I'm for, forever grateful for that decision. And today you can do that as well. Jesus is not here to judge you or to point fingers at you or to condemn you. He's here to save you. He's here to love on you. He's here to forgive you. No matter what you've done, no matter what you went through, no matter what you are in right now, Jesus is so powerful. He can change your life. He can touch your heart right where you sit, right in your chair. He can move in your heart. And if you say, yes, pastor, that's what I want. I want Jesus to come into my heart. And I want him to forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry for living without him. But today I want to say yes to him with every eye closed just want to ask you. You don't have to come up front. You don't have to stand up. But I just want to pray with you. Pray a, pray a prayer with you. And in that prayer, we want to give our lives to Jesus. 
And if you want to pray that prayer, just where you sit, maybe you can just raise your hand and just let me see you. If you want to invite Jesus to come into your life, who's here? Thank you. I see your hand. Anybody else? Says, I want to, want to give my life to Jesus. It's awesome. That's awesome. Hallelujah. May, yes. Hey, let's, let's, let's all pray together. Jesus, please come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me that I haven't loved you the way you deserve to be loved. I receive your forgiveness. And I turn to you now. Thank you for dying on the cross. Bedankt voor het luisteren naar onze podcast. We zien je graag terug in een van onze diensten. Kijk op onze website voor tijden en locaties.